The following podcast is produced and syndicated by Influencer Podcast Network. Become a podcast star. Go to InfluencerPodcastNetwork.com. Because dating isn't always great. I'm Amy Helt, and this is the Dating Disasters Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are for yet another episode of some less than ideal dating situations. I actually have a guest in the studio with me today who was a little unexpected, my cat Valentino. (laughs) If you've listened to a few episodes before, you know that I am a huge animal lover. And uh, where I live, it happens to be really bad weather outside today. And this poor little cat gets very afraid. So he is joining me in studio. I don't think he has anything to contribute to our conversation, but just in case you hear him, he's just kind of hanging out. But him being in the studio reminds me very much of the importance of choosing a partner that really is a good fit for you. I had a meeting over the weekend with one of my friends and, and we were just kind of workshopping some dating ideas and talking about meeting the wrong people. You know, wh- how do you kind of search and minimize your exposure <laughs> to dating disasters? How do you do it? And I think sometimes, particularly with online dating, we tend to give people a chance, which in life in general is awesome. In dating, sometimes it's not the best idea because when you are looking for a relationship, it's really important that the core values that you have align with the core values that someone else has. And one of my core values happens to be animals. I volunteer in the community and it's important to me. And on more than one occasion, I have dated somebody who not only maybe doesn't, you know, really care, but who kind of aligns completely separately. And Valentino, my little cat being in the studio here with me today, reminds me of that importance. Because when you find that person and that situation in life that really allows you to be true to who you are, things get so much easier. You get really real and things just get easy. And I always had pets. So when I was dating, I was always looking for people who pets, either they had them or they were a priority. Something that I wasn't really looking for, um, for no particular reason other than I found it didn't really fit with what I was going for at that moment, was someone who had children. Now, I don't have any problem with kids at all. I really, I think um, a family unit is kind of something that I strive for. It is a quality in a partner that I look for. It's very important to me. I don't have children of my own. I do consider kind of my pets my kids. They are as expensive, I think, sometimes uh, and require as much attention. But it was just something that I didn't feel would really work in a relationship at that time. You know, I was starting a business and that required a lot of time and attention. And I really wanted to be able to get to know someone and not have them lead with 
the parent part. You know, I think being a good parent is probably the absolute most important job anybody will ever have, whether it's a biological parent, an adoptive parent, foster parent, whatever. It is the single most important job someone can have. And if you are dating as a single parent, you probably have discovered that there are a lot of pitfalls, a lot. Dating's very different when you have to worry about a child. You have to be much more on guard, much more, you know, precise, I guess, is kind of the word that comes to mind. But you really have to investigate a lot more because you don't want to expose your child or children to a potentially difficult or dangerous situation. So it's a big deal. And I really, I, I give props to people who are trying to balance, you know, being a single parent, working and looking for a relationship. Because to be honest, that looking for a relationship part is like a full-time job. And it, it takes me right to, to, I mean, I guess it was sort of a disaster. It really was. <laughs> it wasn't something necessarily cringeworthy, but it was definitely an experience that I learned a lot from. And 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 see now that probably that wasn't the best fit. And it was through online dating, as most of the people I've met when I've been single have been, you know, as you know, I'm a huge proponent of online dating, built a whole business around helping people actually find their matches online, onlinedatingresults.com. You can actually head over there right now to get my seven best online dating tips and a very, very limited time special holiday offer for my extended program on how to get the online dating results that you're looking for. So if you're out there and you're not meeting the right person, I can help you head on over, get signed up and take advantage of that special offer. But this person, I met him online and when I was online, I had a very specific way that I would search. I had specific criteria to really keep me focused. It allowed me still to cast a pretty wide net, but what I was getting in that net was much more kind of in my wheelhouse versus just like, I don't care, whatever, anybody who's six feet tall. You know, I was a lot more specific. And so this guy <clears throat> came up and I met him and he lived on the East Coast. So to me at the time, and even now really, distance was not a problem. I was used to long distance relationships. I don't mind them. And I also don't mind, you know, the travel back and forth or the at some point having to make a decision, either you move together or you separate. So he was on the East Coast and it was before the holidays, maybe, you know, October, maybe very beginning of November. And he was here on business. He was an attorney and he had some business to conduct where I live. So he flew out and we made plans to meet at one of the casinos for dinner. Awesome. You know, great. We had talked on the phone. He, you know, had a lot of the, the superficial characteristics that I was looking for. So we went to dinner and dinner really should have kind of been my first clue because it was a complete bust. So I'm a huge proponent of on a first date, you go to dinner. I know people get busy. I know sometimes people are more comfortable with something more casual, like a quick coffee. 
The problem that I feel happens when you do things like that, you're not really investing the time to get to know somebody. When you're eating a meal, you're in it for at least an hour, right? It's not a quick drive-by, hey, I'm after my highlights, but it's before my nail appointment and then before my business meeting, let me shoot over to Starbucks, can you meet me there? That sets a really bad tone for an upcoming relationship. If you are that busy and, and you have that short of amount of time, you're never gonna be able to get to know somebody. You're never gonna be able to invest what you need to invest into a relationship to make it work. So I am a huge proponent of a dinner, a lunch, whatever, a meal, because it really allows you the time to get to know somebody, to really talk. You have at least that hour. But I'm also a huge proponent of the venue. I mean, that doesn't mean it has to be a five-star restaurant, obviously, but you do want a place that makes you feel relaxed, that is a little bit special, that isn't your regular everyday deli, that gets busy and crowded and noisy. You want more of a setting that really can allow you to kind of relax. You can hear the other person. It's not packed. There's not a long wait. It's not stressful. Something like that. And the hotel that we were staying at really wasn't, um, we weren't staying, he was staying there. Uh, where he invited me to dinner was an older hotel. So their restaurant selection was also not really very good. And I don't eat animal products, so that also limits you when you're looking at restaurants where you can actually eat stuff. And we ended up at the coffee shop. Now, again, I'm a huge fan of the coffee shop, really, as long as they have things I can eat. Always loved it. Don't love it for a date. So as the date is starting out, and that's kind of our option, it's like a barbecue where that's out for me, and not really a great date place either, or a coffee shop, we end up at the coffee shop. So the bright lights, the plastic menus, the, you know, it wasn't super crowded, but it's still that coffee shop vibe, sitting at a high top, that kind of stuff. Not really a relaxed, getting to know you sort of vibe. So already we're kind of not on the same page with with where we want to be and maybe the environment that we like for communication. No big deal. You know, that happens. And as we're talking at dinner, you know, we're chatting away and I commented that, you know, he looked a little different than his picture because, you know, I have had experiences where people show up and they don't look like their photo. That's really, really common with online dating. I'm sure if you're on there, you have had that experience too, unfortunately. You might be the perpetrator, you know? You might be the person who has the photo that's not you. And if that's you, knock it off. You're never gonna get anywhere with this, right? So I said something about his photo because he looked like it, but maybe his eyebrows looked a little different. There was something very small. And he told me, that it was because his profile picture actually wasn't him. And I was like, what? So now like, you know, okay, I've, I've, I've dressed for this date. I'm now sitting at this coffee shop in this hotel that I probably have not been to in 15 years. And now you're telling me that the picture wasn't even you. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? So apparently he felt that because he was an attorney and I guess he felt he was high profile. I mean, I don't know. I don't live where he does. Maybe he is 
that he didn't want to use his own photo, that if any of his clients or any of the paralegals were on, that they would see him online and it would be kind of embarrassing. Why it would be embarrassing, I don't know. I mean, you're using online dating to meet someone, who cares? And they're online too. But he actually online found other people's photos and put them on his own profile page. And I was really shocked. I was like, you know, you're an attorney. Like, what are you doing? And he said, oh, no, no, you know, it's public domain. Once you put that, that these were public domain photos. They were totally fine. So I thought it was kind of weird that he sort of justified doing something like that. I mean, maybe then just don't put a photo and have people message you and you can send them your own photos. And to somebody else, they might not even have noticed. I just happened to pick up on really small things like that when it comes to appearance and something just didn't look kind of right. So I kind of was thinking, well, this is about par for the course, right? You know, we're at this coffee shop and now it's these pictures and, ugh, you know, whatever. And we're talking and, you know, the conversation's fine. He's lovely. There's nothing really, you know, wrong. And it happened that he had a son at the time. His son was small. I mean, he still does have the son, I guess. Um, but at the time, his son was very small, young, like, you know, two years old, maybe. And, you know, he talked a lot about his son, which was great. But I kept thinking in the back of my head, you know, we're on a date and I want to meet the person. I want to get to know the person and being a dad is only part of that person. But it was kind of what he spent a lot of time leading with. And again, not that big of a deal. I just kind of thought, okay, well, you know, I want to start asking some questions that are maybe not kid related because I want to know about the human that is responsible for the kid, not just in dad mode, because I'm not going to be interacting with the dad. I'm going to be interacting with the man. Okay. So, you know, we have our conversation and it's fine and, you know, have a couple cocktails. Again, nothing crazy because I drove myself there and I have learned from my previous mistakes, which I talk about on earlier episodes of this podcast. But, you know, the night ends and we actually, he's going to be in town for the weekend. And I had some plans the next day just to go shopping. It was a Saturday. And he said, oh, you know, I'll go with you. You know, we can go here and there. And, okay, cool. You know, I like a, a shopping partner. So now it's kind of morphing into this more like we maybe have a few things in common. And that would be a fun thing to do that's relaxed and, and not datey. Because I sort of did feel that, you know, there wasn't, a lot of connection there for, I mean, sometimes that just happens, right? There's not a lot of chemistry. There's not a ton of connection. So I leave, I go out to valet to get my car. And of course he does not walk me out to my car. And I thought, huh, again, gentlemen, I know everybody's about, oh, equal. I can get to my car myself. I totally can get to my car myself. I do it every day when I'm by myself. If I'm out with you or you're out with a woman, walk her to her car. It isn't that difficult. And that small gesture that literally costs you nothing but maybe five minutes tells her so much about who you are as a person. It tells her a ton about who you are as a person. So after that, I thought, well, ugh. I mean, yeah, we would never date because he did not even know to do that. You know, I've been on bad dates where you still get walked to your car. It didn't even occur to him. And 
you know, before I was leaving, the conversation between he and I was getting a little bit like, yeah, this, you know, sort of red flaggy that this would just not turn into a relationship, right? Just the vibe wasn't good. I, he was saying some things that I was just kind of like, what? You know, and I guess I looked kind of confused. I don't know, but got to valet, went to my car. The next day I wake up and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, you know, I'm thinking that clearly there's no relationship potential here. So, but that's fine. You know, we can still, I'm going to go to the mall anyway. So if he wants to meet me there, that's cool. And I called his cell phone and it went right to voicemail, which was weird. And then I texted him and didn't get an answer. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, okay, well, maybe he doesn't want to go shopping. I don't know. And then I started thinking, and I really don't know what made me start to think this, but I'm like, you know, I bet he flew home. I bet he didn't like how the conversation went at the end because he seemed to get kind of agitated and not really unsure about what to do with that agitation. I bet he went home. And I just kind of forgot about it. I was just kind of like, mm, you know, whatever. I left a message. I still have my own stuff to do. But I, I thought that was really, really weird. And what a weird thing for somebody to do, to like run away from a situation that was not even really a situation, right? So I go about my business and later that night I get a phone call from him. And I'm like, hmm, I don't even know if I should answer it because I'm pretty certain he's not in town anymore. And he just kind of left. But I answered it, and in the beginning of the conversation, I, you know, I addressed somebody running away like that. And I guess embarrassingly, I pointed out, you know, I, I do feel like when people behave badly, it can very much be that they did not have a positive role model when they were growing up. So again, we have the importance of being a good parent, role model, whatever. But I actually said to him, I'm like, is that how your dad taught you to act? Like, that's not even courteous, you know, that's not, it's, it's, who does that? What, what adult man acts that way? Like, what was your example? To which he replies, well, my dad died when I was 10. So, okay. I mean, I felt like a complete asshole. Sure. And I was like, oh, geez, you know, I'm sorry. Cause I really didn't know. I was trying to make the point that, you know, when you behave like that, when you make a plans with somebody and then you just kind of run away with no explanation, you're not acting like a man, you're acting like a child. And you know, I think that happens a lot in online dating too, with ghosting. People just don't care. They'll just avoid you. And you know, if that has happened to you, that says a lot more about that person than it will ever say about you. And just remember that. It, it, it literally is not you, it's them with the problem. And you should be happy that they did you the favor to, to show themselves like that to you. So, you know, after I'm embarrassed and, and, and we're talking and he explains that he just, you know, he, he was embarrassed that he didn't think the date went well, that I didn't seem like I was having fun. He didn't know what to do. He didn't want to, you know, have to go to the mall the next day and hang out and then have the same thing happen. So he ran away. <laughs> I mean, all right, if that's your game, okay, you know, whatever, you don't live here, no big deal, whatever. But over a little bit of time, you know, we would still stay in touch and we would still talk. And I'm from the East Coast. So I was flying home at Christmas time. And I remember I was actually, we had stopped in Ohio um, to see some of my family, my cousin and his wife, I'm very close with and their children. So my whole family, my parents and I went there and we all got to spend like two days together, which was so much fun. And one of the mornings when I was getting ready to go to breakfast with everyone, 
this guy texted me, asked what I was doing. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm getting ready to go to breakfast. What are you doing? You know, thinking we're just having a normal conversation. And he said, oh, I'm filing a flight plan. And I'm like, flight plan? Because he was also a pilot. He, he and some of his friends had their own little plane so he could fly. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Where are you going? And he said, you know, Montoursville, which is where I grew up. That's my hometown. I'm like, what? In Pennsylvania? And he's like, yeah. So Buddy here was making a flight plan for the next day to fly to my parents' house where I would be to see me and to meet my family. And he invited himself, which I find remarkable. I mean, pretty gutsy, pretty bold, but like, what are we doing? <laughs> What's happening? And it was, you know, a, a week before Christmas because that's why actually I was flying home. And yeah, we had continued our conversation over the phone, but there was nothing like there was like, maybe we'll meet up at New Year's or something. There were no solid plans, right? No flight plan to come to my house to meet my parents and to see what I'm doing. And he invited himself. So, I mean, all right, I guess. I mean, <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, I appreciated maybe the boldness of the, of the move, but a little notice would have been awesome. And, you know, where I'm from, the people who fly in privately, it's not a major city. So, you know, where I live now, a ton of private planes come in and out. It's very commonplace. A lot of business people fly private. You know, people even have their own planes. It's not that, it's not a thing. Where I grew up, it's a thing. It's a big deal. So much so that when I went to the airport to pick him up, I went to the main terminal of the airport, which is like two gates. Actually, it's only, you know, they have two gates now. Yeah, they expanded. So it's two gates, right? So it's a little airport. I was in the wrong place. I had to go down the side street over to like the business hangar where these planes land. And, you know, I went to pick him up. My parents already had a holiday party to go to. So they were going to go there and then come back so we could all have dinner. He wasn't sure if he was going to stay over or not because, well, it would depend on the wind. So we'd see. But again, you, you invited yourself. And, you know, that to me, I, I did appreciate the gesture. I thought it was lovely because to that point, we had spent so much time talking about his son and how his son fit into his life and what he wanted. And I was really starting to see that he really wanted a mom to his son. His son had a mom. They were engaged. It just didn't work out. So he did not have a mom. But this guy really wanted the family unit, something I was very much after too, but in a very different way. And, you know, I, I give him props still to this day for doing appropriate investigation because what better way to see what I'm all about than to be in the house I grew up in with my parents. My best friend was supposed to show up. She found out he was going to be there. She thought he might be an axe murderer, so she did not want to stay overnight. <laughs> she worries about stuff like that quite a bit. Um, but, you know, to actually see what I'm all about. And to see the truth, not just, you know, where I live now and what my life is now, but where I came from. So I do really give him credit for that. Um, he did not stay overnight. He, there was wind or weather or something. So we had a nice dinner. I took him back to the airport and we made additional plans for me to actually fly back a month or two later to where he lived and spend a couple days with him, which I did. You know, the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, he really, he, he's very 
he has a job, he's established, you know, he has a career, he's going in that direction and he really wants some stability. And that's something that I had been looking for too. And then it was my visit to his house where I actually saw that it was stability that he was after, but for a really different reason, because he very much wanted that additional person, a partner for himself to have the family unit for his son. He wasn't interested in me because of who I was, other than maybe some, you know, qualities that I have, like wanting a family, like being a career person, but it wasn't specific to me. There are a lot of people who have those qualities. He was picking me because he wanted kind of a, a partner for himself, a stand-in for himself, who could also be a mother to his child. And when I was visiting him, and he had his son that weekend, which was totally fine. His son was hilarious. But of course, being not a parent, his son was doing a lot of stuff that I thought was absolutely hysterical and apparently was not appropriate behavior for a kid. Like at lunch, he was putting um, like tortilla shells on his head. I mean, I thought that was adorable and absolutely hilarious. He did not find it so. So as I was laughing and the kid is like feeding off of my laughter and continuing to do it, he's like trying to discipline his son. So we didn't really see eye to eye either on, you know, things that get to us and things that don't. But it really opened my eyes to the importance of the full package and, and really thinking about the person that you're dating, you have to include everything, obviously. So if you're dating somebody who has children, that is what you're involved in. You have to make sure it's okay for you too. And if you are somebody who's a single parent dating, in addition to all the other stuff you have to worry about, you also really need to remember that the person that you're dating wants to date you, the human. You, the man or the woman, not you, the parent. Those are two totally different things. You know, being the parent is the most important thing you can do. It does take literally your entire life, but you are still a person. You were somebody before you had a child. That's the person that when you meet someone, that's who they want to get to know. And this relationship really showed me that, you know, I had dated one other guy who had two children who were his priority and that was amazing. It's a really, really good quality to have. When you lead with that, that prevents me from getting to know who you are. Who were you before? I mean, I get you have kids now. I get you do baseball and swimming and all these things. But okay, but what do you like to do? That's stuff you're doing for someone else. What do you like to do? And I always remembered those conversations I would have with this particular guy because I would keep thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, I want him to tell me about himself. His son is his life now. And yeah, that is, that's how it should be. There's nothing wrong with that. That was never my concern. But who are you? Because when that child turns 18 or starts driving or whatever, you have to go back to the person you are. And I can't build a long-term relationship with somebody who bases everything on this situation that evolves as life goes on. I have to get to know the person. And every Christmas, I think about, about this filing that flight plan, and I laugh in my head when I think about it because I think, you know, what a bold move, how really gutsy, and what really good investigation if you're a single parent. I mean, he could do it. Most people, let's face it, cannot. But I mean, let's go the extra mile, though. If you have children, let's make sure that you're not exposing them to people who are a danger to them. 
But if you're a single person and you don't have children and you really want to get to know somebody, really make sure you're getting to know the person because the person and the parent coexist, but you date the person. The parent has their plate full. They are busy. They are raising a child. But who is the person behind that? And if you are, you know, that single person dating, remember that. Kind of go back to, you know, one of my girlfriends, I worked with her for years and she has three kids. She has an amazing amount of balance. She really, when I think of people who balance a career and family and just life, she is the the one I think about. She is balance personified. And she and I were talking about it one time and she said, you know, but I was a woman before I had children. I had a whole life before I had them. That's still me. You know, I'm a mom now and that's important, but that doesn't mean that part of me died. And I think for a lot of people, they feel like that part does die because priorities have shifted. So if you are out there when you're in, when you're single and you're looking and you're dating, if you have children, you have to be smarter. But remember who you are. You're dating people who want to date you. Being a parent and a child that comes with it is sort of like the icing on the cake. They still need to get to know you. And in this case with this guy, it really it, it kind of created a, a barrier, a stopping point, because I felt like I could never actually get beyond the fact that he was a dad because he couldn't get beyond it. And, you know, I was missing out on who he was as a person, and he was really missing out on me because he was honestly just looking for a seat filler who could be a good mom. And again, not everyone can be a good mom. So I, I thank him for the compliment, but he was just looking for a seat filler. And as a matter of fact, shortly after he and I stopped talking, um, because we were connected on social media, he actually got married to a girl who was having his baby. <laughs> so, I mean, I may have really averted some, a direction I did not want to go at that time, so that might have worked out. But, you know, he got what he wanted, which was a, a family and someone to be that for him. But I, I do think every Christmas I laugh because he would send me pictures of him and his son on Christmas and, and he would talk so much about it. But in the end, I averted the crisis. Not that that would be a big crisis if that's where you're headed, but if you're not, it kind of is. Um, but it also taught me a lot about getting to know people and really kind of focusing on my search. So remember that when, you know, the holiday season is when dates come up and we have a lot of holiday parties and we're looking for people. First, be true to yourself and don't settle, even for simple dates, because as we can see by listening to some of my stories, simple dates can be really crappy. Some can be really, really great and the start of something amazing. So give yourself the best opportunity to succeed. Have a really solid search strategy. Know very clearly what you're looking for. Because even if it's a simple date, those things matter. You want to be able to connect with that person. And you can head over now, like I told you, to OnlineDatingResults.com and get my seven best online dating tips absolutely free. Get a very, very limited time special price for the holiday only on my expanded program to help you get the online dating results you're looking for. It takes you through all these steps. And the reason I'm able to help people with that is because of stories like this one. Because I had to learn too. I had to readjust too. 
And, you know, this situation didn't really turn out badly. It was kind of funny. It was kind of interesting. It wasn't going to go anywhere, but it did, it wasted time. You know, who could I have met in the meantime? Who could he have met that would have been a better fit for him? So keep those things in mind as you roll into your holiday. Take the big chance, though. If you want to meet somebody and or you're kind of connecting with somebody and you really want to get to know them better, like this guy flying up, be bold. I mean, that's probably not the thing you're going to do, but be bold in another way. Put it out there that you want to get to know them. Do your investigation. Be clear and really get to know them because it's going to make your experience so much better. And in the meantime, until next time, remember that dating isn't always great, which is why we have the Dating Disasters Podcast. I'm Amy Helt, and I'll see you on the next episode.